This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Psalm 23, famous portion of scripture I want to read today and preach a really exciting message. I'm excited to preach today. Are you excited to hear it today? Psalm 23, if you're new to church, I'll read some verses and then I'll kind of explain where we're going today so we're all on the same page. Does that sound good? Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my haters. You anoint my head, just seeing if you're awake. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And surely, I'm convinced, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. What's that last word? Everybody together, what's that last word? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love this psalm, Psalm of David. David, the king of Israel, reigned for Israel for 40 years. 20 of them were fantastic. 20 of them struggled, split in between a very, uh, shall we say, large mistake in his personal life. 20 years ago, going awesome, had a blunder, and the 20 years after that became difficult. And David had journeyed with God for a long time. David knew what it meant to have some highs and what it meant to have some lows. He had some success, and he also had some failure. David is writing Psalm 23, not as a new believer, not as a new follower, not starting this journey, but towards the end of his journey. He says something about God. He said, the Lord is my, well, he's my shepherd. I shall not want. Translation, if you got Jesus plus nothing, you got everything. Anybody believe that Jesus is all you need in this life? You don't need nothing more and nothing less. Come on, anybody believe that God is sufficient? He said, I've learned in life, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I, I don't have another need. If I got Jesus and a cup of coffee, we gonna be all right. And, and that's all I need. So he said, now, he said, God is my shepherd. He is my leader. He makes me lie down in green pastures and, and he leads me in paths of righteousness. And he, he creates this beautiful word picture, picture of what a shepherd is, what a shepherd does, how a shepherd leads. I wanna preach this morning, or now we're creeping into the afternoon, I want to preach a message. You can write down the title. All of us are on a journey, but I want to preach. You can write down the title of today's message. It's called, Don't Judge My Journey. Don't judge my journey. I'm on my journey. Look at somebody next to you real fast and just say, hey, don't you judge my journey. Just tell somebody, don't you stop judging my journey. It's my journey. Don't you judge my journey. Some of you were too serious with that, like really upset at the person next to you. Like, no, for real, stop judging my journey. <laughs> Hashtag offended. <laughs> We're going to pray and let's believe that God will come and speak to us today. If you're married, hold your spouse's hand. And uh, if you're single, we'll just wish that you could hold a hand. Amen. Amen. We're believing in faith that one day in church, maybe spirit break how, you know, you never know what God will do. So we'll have faith for you. You single person. We got faith for you. If you're married, you're blessed. Hello, <laughs> Julia. Let's air. We'll air hold hands. 
Father, we thank you for this service. <laughs> I'm kidding. Father, thank you for this service. Thank you for our church. Thank you for all that you're doing that we can't even see and we don't even know about yet. We believe that you are good. You are for us and with us. We are reminding our situation and reminding ourselves of who you are, that you are loving and faithful and compassionate. We're asking today, open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. We're thanking you in advance for encouraging us in this message. And God, we're praying furiously every week as a community that this year you will prove to the world once again how much you love Los Angeles by allowing the Lakers to win another championship. Thank you that the glory is coming back to LA in Jesus. Jesus' name, and all the Laker fans said, come on, Laker fans, we're going to need a bit, li little bit louder than that. Where are the Laker fans at today? Okay, that's right. Kobe, all right. We're going to win. Where are the Rams fans at? Any, any Los Angeles Rams fans? Okay, we're increasing. We're growing. I like that. Rams fans, all right, all right. I like that. Um, right, by, by show of hands, if you enjoy, if you, if you like to take trips uh, travel. Let me just see your hand real fast. If you're, if you're, you like to go on adventures, journeys, travelers. Okay. To me bags. I like that. Okay. So I, I, I love the journey. I love to take trips. This last week, my, my two-year-old, I took my son Winston on a, on a trip. We had to go, uh, to Modesto. You got to see Modesto this time of year. Beautiful. And, um, so we went up to Modesto and, um, and, and I took my two-year-old, we got on the plane together and we drove together. We stayed in a hotel together. There's nothing like travel, nothing like taking a trip, taking a, a journey is, is the best. I love, any, any, any people that love road trips, where are the road trip lovers at? You just love to get in the car and drive, get some sunflower seeds and a good Spotify playlist. You just start killing the game. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No, nothing better than, than a journey. I remember a few years ago, I was down in South Africa. I was in, in Cape Town in Pretoria. And when I was in Pretoria, we had a day off. It was a Saturday, church the next day. And they said to me, we have a line. We, we've, we've organized, if you want, you can go on a South African safari. You can go on a trip with, um, you know, we got the whole tour guide all, all, all arranged and everything. And I was like, well, you know, I'm more of a hood guy than a, you know, a wilderness guy. But all right, I'll go out in the, you know, the wilderness and see everything. So we met the guy and it's just acres and acres of land. So we get in this Jeep. We got our tour guide. It's one guy. He's got one rifle to protect us. So I'm looking at this rifle. I'm like, that's supposed to protect us from lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Okay, but that's all right. So we get out there in the Jeep and he starts showing us on, on this, this journey, we start looking for zebra, we start looking for elephant, we see giraffes, we see lions, we see foxes. I was looking for the dogs, you know, where my dog's at. <laughs> you, that's another story. And, um, but I, we, were, we were on this safari and we were journeying, looking for different things the entire time, going around. But what fascinated me the most was how well the journey guide knew where we were going. He knew the whole landscape. He, it was like he knew this place like the back of his hand. I had so much trust and confidence, even though we're sitting in a Jeep that's open air and all these animals could rush us and all he's got is a rifle. But, but we're, we're, we're out there and this this guy knew where he was taking us the entire time. We were on a journey with a guide that understood the lay of the land. 
want to encourage you today that you have a God in heaven who is the shepherd of your soul. He knows where he's taking you. He knows what's going on. God has a plan for your life. Come on, is there anybody thankful today that faith is not an event, but faith is a journey? Come on, we can be a little bit louder than that. This is not the 10. This is the 12. Come on, anybody believe today that God is a shepherd. He knows where he's taking you. I love this verse, how he comes out. He said, God is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. He, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me into to green pastures. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his namesake. Just a heads up translation, paths of righteousness, if you study it out, it literally means God leads me down paths that lead to my happiness. God does not lead me down paths of frustration, chaos, confusion, turmoil. No, God doesn't lead me into that because why? He wants me in still waters. What are still waters? He wants me to, to lead me into peace. He wants to lead me into tranquility. He wants to lead me where I can rest in my soul. He leads me in, in still waters, in green pastures. What's green pastures a symbol of? It's a symbol of blessing, a symbol of provision. Not, not the desolate place, not the desert, not the dry land. No, it's a still water. It's a green pasture. It's a path of righteousness. Anybody thankful today that you have a good shepherd who is the shepherd of your soul that knows where to lead you in the right place? Let me give you a few things to write down. I hope this encourages your faith today. But write down point number one about this journey. You need to know that he knows where to lead you. He knows where, I'm telling you, God, as sure as the day is long, God knows where he's leading you. By the way, the reason why God knows where he's taking you, because this is not your plan, it's his plan. He initiated it. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He orchestrated it. He's unfolding it. It's, when people say, this is a God dream, that's right. This is God's dream for your life, not your dream for your life. God is the one that has a dream. God is the one that knows. He knows. I'm telling you, we're sitting in the Jeep. We're going around the path, and this guy, he knows where the zebra's at. He knows where the giraffe's at. He knows where the elephant's at. He knows where the rhino's at. I'm telling you, God knows where he's taking you. He knows where things are. He knows where things are moving. He, I mean, he's fully acquainted. Anybody thankful today that you're not riding with somebody that has no clue? You're not riding with somebody that is lost. Come on, God's in control and he knows where he's leading you. You ever get into a car with somebody that has no idea where they're going? It's the worst feeling ever. That's like, I finally, it's like, hey, do you, um, do you know where you're going? And some people fake it to, yeah, yeah, I know where. You don't know where you're going. We've been circling around for 10 minutes. You are lost. Somebody pull out ways. Somebody get on the Google map and find out where we're going. Be encouraged today that God knows where he's taking you. He know, listen, God knows where he's leading you geographically. God knows where he's taking you professionally. God knows where he's leading you spiritually. God doesn't lead one area of your life. He leads all areas of your life. God's not concerned with just your financial bank account. God's concerned with your soul. He's concerned with your physical nature. He's concerned with your mental health. He's concerned with everything. God knows where he's taking your whole life, not part of your life. If you agree with that, somebody say amen and help me preach at the 12 p.m. He knows where he's leading you. He knows where he's taking you. You just buckle up and get on, go on the journey, grab some sunflower seeds and go, whoa, let's go for it. I'm on a, it's a faith journey. Faith is not an event. Church is an event. Faith is a journey. And I'm journeying with God. At least I know that my God knows where he's taking me. 
He doesn't leave me into frustration. He doesn't leave me where I'm furious. He doesn't take me into, into choppy water or, or no green pastures or a passive unhappiness. God leads me into the place where I'm fulfilled. I'm content. I'm excited about life. I don't feel like this is a journey. I get to feel like it's an adventure because God knows where he's taking me. Anybody thankful today that God knows the direction of your life? He knows. He knows, and, 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 and write down number two, I don't just love that he knows where I'm going, but God knows, write down number two, he knows how I'm doing. Could you imagine if you had some guy, you're sitting in the back seat, and the guy's like, just shut up and just enjoy it. Yeah, but I, I, I'm getting kind of sick. I'm not doing that well. I don't feel that good. No, just enjoy the journey. No, our God is not uncompassionate. He is compassionate. God is fully acquainted with you. God knows how many hairs are on your head. God knows the, the thoughts that you think. God knows everything about you, and he knows how you're doing. Now, remember, the rest of your world, they know how you project that you're doing, but God knows how you're really doing. The Holy Spirit is the only person in the world that knows how you're really doing. The Holy Spirit knows the truest, realest form of who you are. It's the Spirit of God within you that understands the, the real, true you. So watch what David says. He said, oh, God is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. If I got Jesus and coffee, we're going to make it. We're going to be all right. He says, I, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me to, to green pastures and still waters and passive righteousness for his name's sake. And then watch what he, he just knows this about life. And then he writes down, and he restores my soul. Why would David write down that God needs to restore my soul? By the way, the soul is who you really are. It's the central part of your being. We grew up in church and we thought soul was your mind, will, and emotions. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. But if you really boil down the soul, the soul is just really who you are. David is writing down, God needs to restore who I really am. Why? Because sometimes my soul goes bankrupt. Sometimes my soul goes weary. Sometimes my soul gets frustrated. Sometimes my soul is offended. Sometimes my soul is overwhelmed. Sometimes my soul wants to quit. Sometimes my soul is in a bad... Am I preaching to anybody that knows what it means to have some soul problems and some soul issues. I'm gonna, stop, don't play cute or Christian today. Anybody know what it means to go through some stuff and to have some struggles and to feel like you feel like quitting or giving up? God knows how you're really doing. You ever have that friend that asks you how you're doing and like the rest of us, we all go, good, yeah, I'm good. And then they go, how you really doing? That's that real friend. You know what I mean? That's that real friend or that noisy friend. You know, you, some of the people that ask you how you're really doing, don't talk to them because they want to gossip. Don't, don't, don't say nothing. How you the Holy Spirit says, how are you really doing? How's your soul really going? How are you, I mean, for real, let's be real right now. How are you really doing? It's amazing that God knows how, how sometimes I come home, you know, from work and I walk in the house, I can tell in one split second how my wife is doing. Just look at her and see the whole thing. And I know if the kids have had a nap or they didn't nap. I can tell if the, if, if the kids have overwhelmed or not overwhelmed. In one split second, I can just, I can get a read. But listen, I can get a read of body language. I can kind of tell how she's doing, but only God knows her soul. Only God knows how she's really doing. Only God knows the frustrations and the feelings and the thoughts and the intents and the motives and the, 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 the hurts. And God knows your soul. David has is, is gone through some stuff. He said, oh, I love God. He's my shepherd. I don't need anything else. He, he, he leads me so well. He knows where to lead me and he knows how I'm doing. Be encouraged today that God knows the real you. 
God knows how you're doing. And God does not know how you're doing so that he can point his finger at you and tell you to shape up. But God, watch what David says. He continues the thought. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and still waters and paths of righteousness for his namesake. And then watch how he continues. He restores my soul. And he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What's the Bible saying? Even when I go through times that feels like hell on earth, ain't no mountain too high, ain't no valley too low. I'm not preaching to anybody that's had some success, but you know what it means to have some failure. Anybody has some dark times in your life? David knew what it meant. I mean, thousands used to sing his name and then he's in failure just a few moments later. He said, he, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, no matter how overwhelmed my soul is, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You just write down number three, that he knows when to use the comfort and he knows when I need correction. I love this about our shepherd. I love this about a faith journey, that sometimes on a journey, we need God to be our comfort, but there's other times in my life when I need God to be my correction. Hey, it, it, David's writing this beautiful portion. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't care how bad it or bleak it looks. I know that you're with me when I can't get a job. I know you're with me when I just cheated on my wife. I know you're with me when I'm struggling with substance abuse. I know you're with me when I feel overwhelmed. I know, yea, though I walk through the valley. Am I preaching to anybody that's gone through some things? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel like this thing's closing in on me. I feel like I'm hard pressed. I feel like I'm going through hell. I feel like I want to quit. I feel like my, my business is too much. I feel Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to be afraid. I know God's with me. I know my guide is with me. I know the shepherd's with me. Come on, anybody thankful today that he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. Come on, somebody give him a little bit of praise if you're grateful for a God that never quits. He said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because your rod and your staff they comfort me. Rod represents correction, the correction of God, the rod of correction and the staff of comfort. So one side, a shepherd would use the one side just to comfort and bring, bring peace and tranquility. The other side was sometimes the shepherd would need to correct the sheep. So David says, I'm so glad that I have a God. I'm so glad I have a guide. I'm so glad on the faith journey that I have a God that knows when I need comfort and when I need correction. Because there's going to be times in life where I just need you to hold me, Jesus. And there's going to be times where I need God to say, get your head right. What are you thinking? That's not how we treat people. That's not how we treat friends. That's not how we look at other ethnicities. That's not how we handle our finances. Sometimes I need God to comfort me. Other times I need God to correct me. This is my son, it's amazing when my son, my two-year-old, when he wakes up from a nap, he needs about 45 minutes before he can become a Christian again. Some of you grown-ups like me too. <laughs> and when he wakes up, he just wants to be held. He just wants to be comforted. Some of you today, you need to know that our God, whatever you're going through, wants to comfort you. He wants to bring you the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. But God doesn't want to just comfort you. Sometimes God, he knows because he loves you is to correct you. Let's go law of opposite. Law of opposite is the enemy of your soul. Law of opposite is the devil himself. The devil himself never wants to comfort or correct. All he wants to do is condemn you and shame you. 
He comes to condemn you and shame you. All the devil wants to do is come and say, you're so bad. You are so awful. You are nobody. You never amount. You'll never be anything. You'll never do anything. You never fulfill the call of God in your life. You never fulfill your requirements. You always have this issue. The devil himself, the enemy of your soul, all he wants to do is condemn and shame you. Shame will point its finger at you and say, you're nothing. You're, you're from nowhere. You're a nobody. But watch what God does. God comes and he wants to comfort us and he wants to correct us. He wants to comfort us and say, no, don't you? You just keep going. I, yeah, I know you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but I know you're frustrated. I know you're disappointed. I know you're offended. I know you feel like quitting. I know it's not the right time, but I'm going to comfort you through this situation. And not only am I coming, I love you enough to correct you. What kind of a father doesn't correct their children? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 in the message translation. Watch what the Bible says here on the screen. It says that God loves us so much. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. How do I know God loves me? He loves me enough to tell me the truth. How do I know God cares about me? He doesn't let me get away with wasteful living. How do I know that I'm really a son? I'm approved in sonship by the correction of the Lord. You say, wait a second. How can a God comfort and correct? How can you do both? It almost feels like opposites. I remember growing up, I used to go to my mom for comfort and then my dad would correct. <laughs> you know, good cop, bad cop, where the parents at, somebody say amen. And I remember that was like growing up, you say, how can someone do both? Our God has such a capacity for your life that he says, I can almost simultaneously do this in one foul swoop. I can comfort you all the while while I correct you. I can bring you in and say, child of mine, I love you so much, here's my peace. And while I give you my peace, watch God, I'm also gonna change your perspective. While I give you my joy, I'm also gonna give you a new premise. While I give you some strength, I'm also going to give you some joy because you've been walking around a little bit depressed and defeated. Our God is a God. He knows where he's leading us. He knows how I'm doing. And he knows when to correct and when to comfort. Anybody thankful today that you've got a good God in heaven who's the shepherd of your soul all the days of your life, that no matter where you're at in the journey, come on, am I preaching to anybody that feels like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Don't you judge my journey. Now, I said all that to say this. I'm this fourth, fourth final point. This is I'm most excited about this point. It's my favorite point. I just, I just love this part. This is, my, this is my favorite part of the whole message. I'm really excited. I can't wait. I hope you're excited. It's just, I'm gonna, if I yell a lot, it's I get this vein right here, and it splits. It just goes in two, so that's how I'm really excited. You'll know it. You'll see it. This vein will just go. Ding. In fact, I'm just, I'm just going to fight the worship team right now because I, I can't wait to tell you this part. This is such a riveting passage of Scripture. It's a reason why Psalm 23 is one of the most famous parts of Scripture in all of the Bible for this reason. Now remember, David wrote this psalm. David is somebody. Uh, D David, David has prominence. David is wealthy. David is... He's not in obscurity, church. He's not like, he's not a peasant. He's, he's the king of Israel. King. Now, you have to understand, before he was the king of Israel, David, this shepherd boy, he was best friends, like in high school, letterman's jacket, Zoe hat, pin, BFF. 
his best friend was a guy named Jonathan. What's so interesting about the story, this church, I love the Bible, it's so amazing. You ought to read it sometime. Gotcha. Um, David's best friend is Jonathan. Jonathan's daddy is Saul. Saul's the current king. Saul's the king. He's the king. He's the, he's the guy. Years later, long story short, I, I don't have time for all the details. Saul loses the kingship and God chooses David, the shepherd boy, to follow his place and be the next king of Israel. David becomes the king of Israel and, and, he's, and he's ruling and reigning and, and Jonathan and Saul have passed away. He's the king of millions of people. David has a sense. David says these words. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you have prepared a banqueting table in the presence of my enemies. You gotta understand, David, the king of Israel, he would come and dine. And when, they, when he came to dine, he, he, he wouldn't have Chick-fil-A. But they'd actually, they'd serve him steak. Just, I'm gonna go for a little bit longer. Can you just wait, Gabby? I love your hair so much. Can you just wait just a little bit? Because I, I, I want the vein to pop. Okay. He, 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 no, he, we'd have dinner. He, he, he steak dinner and they, they bring him grapes and they bring him bread and they bring him wine. And, and, and every night, the, the king of Israel, David, he would eat a great meal. And he knew what it mean positionally to have a seat at the table. He's the king. He, this is his position to have a seat at the table. He, he knew what it mean to pull up and they would pull in his chair and the king would sit and he would enjoy a meal. They probably fed him his meal. He's, he's the king. He's, he knows what it means to have a seat. You have prepared a banquet. I got a seat at the, at the table. He belongs. Please hear me today. Some of you don't feel like you belong, but I want to declare to you, you belonged at a seat at the table long before you ever believed in God. Long before you ever believed in him, you already belonged to him. In fact, write down number four. God has prepared a seat for me at the table. I belong. I belong here. Have you ever been to a place where you felt like you did not belong? I remember a few years ago, it was like six, seven years ago before I moved to L.A., one of my friends, I was coming to L.A., and, and he said, man, you got to come to this place with me. I'm a member at this one spot, and, and, and we'll go together. And, and I had never heard of it, and, and I'll never forget, you know, he showed his card, and we got in. And I remember looking around at everybody, and I felt like, OMG, I do not belong here. Like, I don't dress like these people. I, I'm not as cool as these people. I felt so inferior. I knew that I did not belong. Remember, all of your confidence is a byproduct of belonging. You will find no confidence if you're not convinced you belong. But once you believe you belong somewhere, you'll always have confidence. Some of you tonight, you don't think you belong in church, but you belong to God. Some of you don't think you belong in heaven, but you belong to God. I'm telling you today, if you get some belonging attitude, you get some belonging swag, you get some, be some belonging longing step, the pep in your step. You'll, you'll walk with a different energy. You'll walk with a different just, just excitement because you know you belong in this place. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I felt like telling some people, you belong at church. You belong in heaven. You belong to, I don't care what you've done. I don't care your past. I don't, you, you, you could be a pimp, a prostitute, a drug dealer, or an addict. You belong. You belong because of who your father is. Your belonging precedes your believing. You belong. You belong. I don't know who that's for, but somebody needs to hear that in their spirit. You belong. 
David's now the king of Israel. You know, every night, steak, cheese, bread, seat at the table, Lord, ruling millions, prominence. And David, I don't know what comes over him. David just, he gets this crazy thought. He goes, I wonder if there's anybody left out of the house of Saul or Jonathan. He turns to one of his servants. He goes, hey guys, is there any way you can get on Google real fast and find out if there's anybody that's left from the house of my best friend forever, Jonathan, or the house of Saul? One of the servants gets on Google real fast and they come up and they say, wow, um, sir, we found on Wikipedia that the only family member left out of Saul or Jonathan is a kid named Mephibosheth. What kind of mama names their kid Mephibosheth? My God. Yo, we're going to get our kid made fun of the rest of his life at school. Mephibosheth. Like, how do you spell it? Uh, Mephibosheth. Is that with two T's or an F? It's Mephibosheth. What'd I say? His name is Mephibosheth. He's the only family member left out of Saul and Jonathan. But, but the king's uh, servant says, um, Sir, we, we see here on Wikipedia there reports that he's... Um, these type of people were not allowed in the king's courts, by the way. He's special needs, David. He's got two lame feet. He's got something wrong with him. He's not deserving of the king's courts. There's, a, there's an asterisk here. There's a blemish here. He, he, can't, he can't come. David said, no, 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 no. Go get Go get this Mephibosheth. I want you to stand to your feet right now. 2 Samuel chapter 9 and watch what it reads. I'm going to read it from my holy anointed iPad. and Watch this great story. I love this story so much. Am I encouraging anybody tonight in church? Please just, please just, just follow along. Verse 6, it says, it says, watch this. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, who was the son of Saul, came before David, he bowed deeply, abasing himself, honoring David. And David spoke his name. He said, Mephibosheth? Um... Yes, sir. He said, no, no, don't, don't be frightened. I'd like to do something special for you in memory of your father, Jonathan. To begin with, I'm returning to you all the properties of your grandfather, Saul. Furthermore, from now on, you'll take all your meals at my table, suffering and stammering, not looking him in the eye. Mephibosheth said, who am I that you pay attention to a stray dog like me? David then called in Ziba, Saul's right-hand man, and told him everything. He said, everything that belonged to Saul and his family, I've handed over to your master's grandson. You and your sons and your servants will work his land and bring in the produce provisions for your master's grandson. Mephibosheth himself, your master's grandson, from now on will take all his meals at my table. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants and all that the master and the king has ordered the servant answered Ziba your servant will surely do and Mephibosheth ate at David's table just like one of the royal family Mephibosheth also had a small son named Micah and all who were part of Ziba's household were now the servants of Mephibosheth and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem taking all his meals at the king's table he was lame in both feet am I preaching to anybody that though you have an issue you, though you have a blemish, though you may not be perfect, you've been seated at the table of the Lord. I don't care what you've done. You got a father and your father in heaven. He gave you a seat.
seat at the table of the Lord. Don't you judge my journey. This is my journey. I know that I got a father. He's leading me. He knows how I'm doing. He knows I need comfort. He knows I need correction. Come on, if you believe it, come on, lift it up. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.